Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Podcast of Impact Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm Pastor Brandon, the church planter and lead pastor. We are a new church in the D.C. area that is centered on the gospel and sent to our neighborhoods, Northern Virginia, and the nations. Please visit our website at www.impactfxbg.church. There, you'll find our current meeting times and locations. Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. That way, but let's look together. First Timothy chapter 5, and he says here in verse 1, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God's. And continues in supplication and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age. Having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works, if she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work, but refused to enroll younger women or younger widows For when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers going about from house to house and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying what they should not. So I would have you younger widows marry, bear children, manage their household, and give the adversary no occasion for slander, for some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. May God bless the precious reading of His Word. Father, we just adore You. We bless You for the preciousness preciousness of the family of God. What a joy it is to know that we're not alone. Lord, as that day that opened our hearts, said yes for the first time to Jesus as Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit of God moved in. But Father God, You've told us way more than 50 times throughout Your New Testament and to Your church that we are to walk one with another, live one with another. We're to love one to another. 
God, you've given us one another. And so I pray today that we as a church at Impact would be about one another. We'd be about, Lord, loving Jesus and loving one another and loving a world about us that's in desperate need of you. Spirit of God, captivate our hearts. Draw us to love deeper you, Lord Jesus, when we walk out of here today than when we walked in here today. God, please do a mighty work in my heart and help us to demonstrate more and more daily the love that has captivated us and will carry us all the way to the day we meet you face to face. Do this work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Paul talks about so much about, yeah, the church is an assembly, and it is. Hebrews chapter 12 speaks to that. You know, the, the church is, is, is this, the blood-bought body of believers, baptized body of believers. It is a body. I love that, 1 Corinthians 12, that speaks just about all the body parts. We're all part of that body. And you know, it's just like this morning, so many serving in so many different ways. Throughout this week, as we gather in community groups, and we, we are doing work at Mary Washington, we're, God's using gifts and abilities, but no doubt He speaks to us specifically and to Timothy and to each of us beyond that we are a family of God. Ephesians 2, members of God's household. I'll mention a lot of scriptures. So if you want to take that little card today, write a few things down, that'd be great. Because you know what? It is the Word of God that changes our life. Amen? It is God's Word. Daily. This needs to be the daily food more than other food. And you look at me and go, yeah, you're right. Lord help you. But anyway, but, uh, but nonetheless, a household uh, in that of every family in heaven on earth is named, Ephesians 3. And as Paul writes this passage as a young pastor, and he is writing as an elder, and to those other elders that would be raised up in the body of Christ, he's giving instruction in how they and how we should love and care literally one for another for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the gospel. You realize I love, you know, to treat each other of the body of Christ. I love this passage of scripture, and it ought to be repeated in our hearts daily in John 13, 34 and 35. That is, as, as John would speak, that, that I give you a new command to love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know you are what? My disciples, if you have koinonia, if you have agape, if you have got that God love one for another. And as he opens this passage, love values one another. You know, sometimes it's hard to value another guy, isn't it? I mean, you know, I look among the church in general, and you know, there's some weird uncles and aunts, right? I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah, amen, you're right. And you know, there's some like... You know, it's like, man, you know, you know, the Bible says we're peculiar people. Well, it doesn't mean it like this, but we are really peculiar. You know, we got some peculiarities. We got some personality. We, you know, everybody, we're different people, right? But the matter of it is, as God is saying, and, and as Paul demonstrates here in chapter 5, he begins to name everybody of the body of Christ. He, he begins as saying, in that, but but I believe that what he is saying here is is that of, of of valuing one another, 
in that of uh, being unified at all cost with one another. See, I want to tell you today, church, I love, I love impact. I love you guys. I love this church. I appreciate the, the unity of heart that I believe God has given among this church. But any moment of any day, the enemy steps into that. And boy, the more you do and are about the kingdom of God, and the more you desire to be more about the gospel, the more he desires to drive a wedge and to do anything he can do to divert us from the love of Jesus and divert us from being a John 13, 34, and 35 people. And so I believe that is a warning to our hearts today. But how he believe, I believe as he would speak here, as he would, he, among this church, there was a lot going on, as we've already seen in previous verses of Scripture, that there, was, there were people that were leaving the way of God. There were people that were, that were abandoning the faith, literally. Uh, as you go back to chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, their faith was shipwrecked. Uh, verse 19 speaks to that as well. They, they were, you know, they were just being people. I mean, you know, you know, we don't drift towards Jesus, do we? Think of that. No, no, no. We, we have to intentionally run to Jesus. And you know, as he would speak, though, he said, yes, the love that you would have for one another confronts sin. Love, love cares for the family and confronts sin among the family. And, and yet, there, we go back to the very foundation that humility is so necessary. We can't walk in pride. We, can't, we, can't, we don't approach people in pride. We don't live in a prideful way where we're unapproachable. And so Paul speaks here, he says, he says Timothy, he says, he says, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage. So how do you live in step with the older one? You look at me and go, yeah, you're that guy. And, uh, you know, he's saying to him, he said, don't strike him. Literally, be careful not to, I mean, as if, like, to give him a punch. Or, like, pick him up by the, you know, by the, by the collar and go, what are you doing? But he's like, no, as a father treat him as that. Now, this was new for Timothy because Timothy, as we look to Scripture, his dad was Greek. His dad had no faith in Jesus. Matter of fact, it's, it's probably the truth that his dad never came to know Jesus. And so, of course, we'll know one day. But that's very true from Scripture. So Timothy followed his, his mother and his grandmother's faith, and we'll talk about that. But as we look here, you know, love means disobedience must be dealt with. Love is, is, is that, you know, often culture wants to teach us that, well, we don't call out anybody. You know, judge not. That's the most used verse, contextually totally wrong in many ways ever. But how God is calling us in, in this church is, is they, discipline was necessary. But as he, as he reached out to Timothy, you know, he's saying, hey, pastor, Hey, elder, don't withdraw. Don't, don't just, uh, you know, don't, don't just step aside from your responsibility, but exhort and bring correction. And, and by that, you, you give, you, you, you love by humble approach. 
exhorting, correcting, love and honor. And as he said, as you would for the old man, come to him as a father. Come to him in such honor and respect, with showing deference in, in a maturity, shepherding in a way of gentleness and gentle rebuke. I hope today we, we pray for our elders. You know, our brothers, they're, they're not here today. Wes was doing a wedding in Mississippi. Brandon's off preaching. And you know, let me just pause and say, every Saturday night, spend some significant time praying for your pastor. I can say this because I walk along a whole lot of them in the role of ministry God's put in my life today. And they're desperate for our prayers. They're desperate. Because, man, when you lift up this word, it's a spiritual battle. But as we, as, and, and so is there to walk in such a role? And I love this word of scripture, Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 32. And man, you, you ought to go back and mark this in your Bible. You are to rise in the presence of the elderly and honor the old. Fear your God. I am the Lord. We can just park there and preach a whole sermon on that today because I'm here to tell you, friend, we need as, for our children, help them to honor age. Man, when, when there's an older person walking through, they should not just run right by them. No, they should come up and pause and acknowledge them. And we need to be helpful to help in the next generation. But we need to, you know, as, as Paul would say, to come alongside in such a way of honoring, but yet gently rebuking as necessary to the older women the same. As, as, a, as a mother, as one of, to respect and, and such a heart towards, approach the young man as a brother with no superiority but a mutual respect. In that of, I love Romans 12 and verse 10, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. And see, in all these things, I, I love Joseph is such a great example. Joseph of the Old Testament. Genesis chapter 50. Remember when his dad Jacob died? And man, when his brothers found out that he was, he was like the prince, I mean, like he was like the, the man in command, you know, like right next to the king. You know, and he's like, oh my gosh, OMG, right? you know, whatever. But you know, oh my, what are we going to do? This dude is going to take us down. He is, he's found us out. But what did Joseph do? With great maturity, and the love of the Lord God in his heart. He said, boys, what you meant for evil. He said, God used for good. Amen. That he might bring glorify his name. And see, that's the maturity we need to say, oh God, draw that of my heart. Cause me to have, have such forgiveness towards each one of the body of Christ. And have such of that love in dealing with one another. In Matthew 18, 15, if your brother sins against you, go rebuke him in private. We could preach a whole sermon just with these verses right here. Because how we need not ever sweep stuff under the rug. Because it starts stinking. Amen. And it's not good. Brother Dan, he can tell you, some of these guys are pastors, some of these, you know, you, you've been in the church. I'm here to tell you, deal with things. Yeah. Go to your brother. Go to your sister. Man, with pray before you go. God, what are the sins of my heart? Help, help me not to go into, 
to, to you know, with, with the moat coming out of my eye, you know, and, and you know, thinking I, got, I may have a speck, you know, whatever. But no, but I would go and make such a precious prayer. I would love in the name of Jesus. And friend, we do this, approaching the younger women, mutual respect as a sister. And boy, the great word here to Timothy, do it in purity. <laughs> Pray our elders never ride alone in a car by themselves with a woman. If I ever see you out, woman, and you're in the rain and it's pouring down, you're getting soaking wet, I'll stop and give you an umbrella and give, give your husband a call. Because there are boundaries. Do you know what? We all need those boundaries. We all need those. And God is speaking here that love receives gentle rebukes, believing. And I love this. Just wrote this down as God was speaking into my heart. Love receives gentle rebukes, believing that brother and sister, pastor, is filled with the Spirit of God and loves me enough to guide me in the truth. And as they are in this way and, and they desire and that we would desire one for another, that we grow up in Jesus. We desire one for another that, that you know what, uh, thinking the best of one another, but that we would desire spiritual blessings for one another. We would desire God to pour out His Spirit so much in my heart, in my life, that if I am veering from the way, that as a loving brother or sister, you'd come alongside and say, Hey man, I love you in the name of Jesus. Man, this is, a, this is God's way. Let's walk in it together. And as Paul would say this, a mark of a loving family, in that of making this confronting of such, but yet as he speaks to these dear ones, and, and you know, I, I remember just speaking of Asbury, just watching a news report this week, and they were interviewing a, few, uh, a student there in front of Hughes Hall, and as they spoke, that they, they said that when she walked into the hall, she was overwhelmed with the sense of the love of God. And such, my, my friend Bill there the other night, he said the presence of God was so thick in that place. And church, I want you to know, the love of God visits a place and it visits a people when they've fallen so in love with Jesus that they just can't help it. And because they're loving one another in such a way and they're loving a world about them that is astounding. And that's what God is desiring. And is in that overflow of that love, Paul then looks at the weakest among them, the most vulnerable, the most frail, as Jesus often and always did. And he said here, a family, a loving family, is made manifest when we show care and compassion to the widows among the church. And you know, you look among impact right now, you go, well, we don't have a whole lot of widows here. Well, you know, in this day, there was a lot of abuse happening to these little widows and especially those 60 and older, those in the retirement age, if you wish, those that were uh, beyond the age of marriage and in a vulnerable position and in a place that was so desperate. And how as, as, as they were and, and in, that, in that place, I, I, uh, I just think about, in my own life, and, and, and my just uh, a greater endearment and, and, and endearment. And as Paul here speaking to this church, and as they need a correction in this way to say, hey, what are you, are you, are you really, 
Are you really paying attention? Are you living beyond yourself? You know, we're, you know, we're, uh, we're really all about uh, this, aren't we? Well, you know, um, yeah. And you know, but Paul's like, no, lift up your head. Look out among you. Look out beyond you. And maybe we would pray even that, God, you would put these type widows in the life of this church in such a way that we would honor the Lord. But who are those? You know, this is very much endearing to my heart because uh, March 24th of this last year, God changed my life in that my dad went to be with Jesus. And then that very day, my mom became a widow. And you know, we saw his life and his love for my mom. They were married 61 years. And as they loved each other dearly, and then she took the best care with him that anybody could ever take. That's my mom right there. We were sitting at a lunch table together when I was back in Memphis and kind of brought that down. She's the greatest widow I know. And she's this widow that that Paul speaks to Timothy about in this passage. Because as my dad went to be with Jesus, now we are on the phone with her a lot, attempting to care for her a lot, loving her. Thank the Lord my brother's there. But how God is so at work in her life and the preciousness of this dear one and the love. And I want you to know, moms and dads and I don't know a whole lot about anything of life, but I can tell you this. Get your kids involved with older people. Take your kids to love on the elderly. Love on the widow. Find one in your life. Pray for God to put those one in your life. Because it'll change their life forever. And I can go into personal story of that. But you know, in this day, and, and, as, and as Paul spoke to this culture, man, I read a, an article from a Guardian paper, it said that in this day and time, there's 258 million widows across the world. And more than 115 million live in poverty. 86 million have suffered physical abuse. And 1.5 million children whose mothers who have been widowed will die before they reach the age of five. There's a, there was a, ser- there's a serious problem. As a matter of fact, June 23rd of this year is, is like International Day of Widows for widows. But yet, as Paul's speaking here, and, 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 and as those that were, these women that had lost their husband, that they were a place alone, alone. And, and how that just even in so many countries, they lost, they lose their identity. And see, he's saying here, society may drop the ball, but the church should never. The church should, should this is a, they're a great party of, part of the body of Christ, that, that we need to love on them. And so what does he say? He says, so what do we need to do to care for them? Well, we need to prioritize them in our own personal lives. We need to, to love them as, our, as in our own families. If, you got, if you're a your mother or you got a grandmother, you got somebody about you that is, is widowed, you need to make it the priority to check on them. You need to, to, to make the priority because as we do so, we're, we're obeying Ephesians chapter 6. 
that we are honoring, honoring until the day we die, our parents. We are, we're being loving and, and, and respectful as we're caring for them. You know, even a stork, I didn't put one up, but just imagine a stork, right? The animal. Is the set of a stork that when it becomes unable to fly and they remain in their nest, they are fed by their children who go to endless exertion to provide for their food. If an animal can do it, us. God's saying that's a priority. And He's saying, though, that, yeah, in this retirement age, and I like this, you know, he said, why 60? Yeah, that was kind of like the retirement, the, the day beyond marriage in the culture. But yet they were a one-man woman. And see, I like that. They, they, he, she said that. He says here that they were faithful to their husband. And see, just like the deacon, the elder, Paul carries this same idea. The same way is that they're walking in purity. And this is the one to prioritize among the church. And, and my, the, the, the attitude, the, the total devotion to husband, there verse 9. Single without resources. No support of family. That's what he's saying. Come alongside these. Emotional, spiritual support. The church obligated. You know, yeah, you know what, to love all. But really here he says, you know what, he said, here are, here are worthy widows, and yet here are worldly widows. Here are the ones who have given themselves to the sensualities, and, and man, just like he had spoke of as far as varied women in this culture. But yet he says to us, and I love Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, let us work for the good of all especially those who belong to the household of faith. And boy, what a word that is to us. And Paul's saying, give of yourselves to these dear ones. But I love it. But I want us to note today that as we do this, as we prioritize them, and, and you know, hey, a man who's not supporting his family, he's worse than an unbeliever. And, and how that, men we need to bear up such responsibility in our culture of, of how we walk, as how the church walks. And yet, praise God, as we together, as, as we would live in such a manner, honoring before the Lord. I want us to think on something today in this latter part. I hope you'll really hold tight to this. Because, you know, you say, well, I'm not a widow, whatever. But you know what? Would we but walk in such a way? Man, this is the exhortation. This is our encouragement today because I believe what Paul is saying here, a loving family leaves a godly legacy to those coming behind them. See, he's saying, you know, these younger widows, he's saying, yeah, I, I encourage them to get married. I encourage them to have children. I encourage them to, to walk as they should. But you see them. You know what? They're, man, they're, they're gossiping. They're, they're living in such a, a carousing in a way that is so dishonoring to the Lord. And I'm here to tell you today, we, man, we need to watch our tongues. We need to be cautious of, of the manner of the life we live. People will way follow, they'll, they'll way follow what we do than what we say. Our character matters. 
And so as with this widow, I want us to focus here on verse 5 and such as, as we would say, God, who, how, how do we need to walk? Whom do we, how do we need to emulate this one whom you, by the power and the work and the literal inspiration of Apostle Paul, chose to focus upon in the life of the church because there was such need. They were being forgotten. They were being abused. Notice the genuine godliness, the faithfulness. The, the, didn't follow the philosophies of the average woman of Ephesus. But they lived in a way pleasing unto the Lord. Notice their personal life. Let's look at this today. They fixed their hope on God. Verse 5. They fixed their hope on God. Man, they, they, they lived in that way, knowing that God would take care of her needs. Friend, you know what? This is why we need the, the, these godly widows in our life. Man, I look at my mom. I, I see, maybe you didn't have that mom. Maybe you didn't have that person. Well, pray for them. God, put those people in my life. Allow, you know, every one of us, we all need these people in our life. We need a Paul, somebody older than us. We need a Barnabas, somebody who's our age. And we need a Timothy, somebody who's younger than us, that we can walk before them. And we need a Samaritan woman, somebody we're telling about Jesus. Somebody that we're trying to raise up to come to Jesus. Or a Philippian jailer if you're a fellow. God wants those people in our life because they help groom us. They help grow us to be whom God wants us to be. And when we see those preciousness of those, those fathers though, and men, that we would be dads that would fix our hope on Jesus. Notice there, that's what, that's what verse 5 says. That, that she literally, uh, she was that that set her hope on Jesus. God. I love, see, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Timothy saw there the genuine, sincere faith of his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice. He saw it. You know, the disciples came to Jesus and Jesus was praying. And they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. See, our kids will never come to us and say, teach me how to pray unless they see us pray. And unless we're focused our heart on Him, seeking Him daily in His Word. I love 1 Kings chapter 17. God sent Elijah down to Zarephath. And he said, there's who down there? A widow. He said, and this woman is going to feed you. And Elijah's like, Really? We're in, a fam we're in a famine. Are you serious? A drought. He got down there. The woman opened the door. He walked in. And he said, ma'am, he said, I need a drink of water. And you know, he, she, as she was going to get him some water, she said, oh, yeah. He said, and by the way, uh, make me a cake. She had one handful of flour. And she's like, what? How's this going to happen? <laughs> this is my version, okay? Go back and read it. How in the, 
But no, you didn't hear her say, how in the world? What's this man do to me? She wasn't freaking out. But she said, he said, because after you feed me that flour, after you feed me that cake, he said, God has promised that your jar will be filled. Your jar will be full. You'll not have a need until this drought is over. You know what she did? She immediately, obediently followed the voice of the Lord. Friend, that's who we need to be. That's the faith we need to have. That's the faith I want my children to say that's who dad was. That's the faith that we need to embody. And that was this widow. She perseveres in prayer. Right here in supplications. And in that of supplication of praising God. Casting her anxieties, her worries. And you know what, you know what supplication is? It is pleading with humility. It's like, Lord, I can't do this without you. Lord, I have nothing without you. You know, I appreciate my mom. You know, she's, man, she, we all got our faults, right? Ain't no one of us is sinless. But you know, when my dad died, my mom, she came and stayed with us. And with tears in her eyes and just a heart that's broken before the Lord, she thought, she said, you know, I didn't think I could ever sleep without him lying beside me. But she said, every night I've gotten in the bed. She said, I've laid in that bed. And she said, I've just talked to God. I've talked to the Father. And she said, I said, Lord, tonight, you know, I can't do this by myself. I can't do this of myself. I need you. Come, come and make your presence known. You know what? She looked at us and said, she said, I've slept better in the last six weeks. Than I've slept in years. Amen. Friend, that's the trust of persevering and trusting in the Lord, all that's been around us. I love, I love uh, how, how God is so at work and then yet devote, as, as He is only at work as we devote ourselves to seeking Him for everything, total dependence on God. And friend, the pre- everything flows from the presence of the Lord. Everything. And how, I, I, I just so appreciate D.L. Moody made an incredible statement. You might write it down if I put it up here or not. That every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. God will never show up among us unless we're on our face and we're seeking His face. Not, by, not seeking His hand, what He can do for us. Yes, there's time to seek His hand. But to seek His face, to see His presence, to see His power, to see His purposes at work in our lives. This, dear one, may we be these people of fixing our hope on God, fixing ourselves in prayer, devoted in continually serving the Lord. This worldly widow was about self-indulgence, drawn to the culture. This dear woman was drawn to surrender. And ladies, I want you to know, and men and all of us alike, if we're walking more after the shadow of the culture than we are Christ, we need to examine our hearts. If God's calling us to stay home with our kids and we're going to find something else, we need to say, God, am I trusting you? 
Lord, am I doing what you're called? You know, and I'm not saying, hey, God may put you, and he gives you complete peace, and he puts you in a place, you know, that's with you and God. But I'm just saying, culture looks down on a lot of things that our God looks up to and says, that honors me. That brings glory to me. And as she was devoted, verse 10, to good works, investing in her children. And you know what? For those that didn't have children, they took orphans off the street, other children, hospitable, welcoming the stranger, a humble, washing the feet. That is a humble servant, not exalting herself, but with a servant's heart before the Lord. And you know, I so appreciate, man, I, I could go on and on, precious Louise Boswell. You say, man, who in the world's that? Well, you know, a lady from my past, in my past of life, older lady, a woman that didn't have her own children, but she was a widow. She was this kind of a widow. She was a godly woman. She taught, anybody ever heard of Child Evangelism Fellowship? Anyway, Child Evangelism Fellowship is worldwide. They're reaching children around the world with the gospel. And she taught for Child Evangelism Fellowship for 50 years. And you know what? She taught, and when she get, she got, she would get these, these uh, 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 places on her brain and, and man, some incredible health issues. Well, she had to go get it dealt with, and she came back. And she persevered until about a week and a half before Jesus took her to heaven, serving the Lord. I was talking to my mom the other night. She said, you know what? I know God's left me here for a purpose. And she said, pray for Elizabeth. Because Elizabeth is a young lady I'm sharing Jesus with. And I'm like, go get him, mama. Because that's who Paul was talking about. He said, don't just support them financially and all this and such. But he says, hey, you widows, serve me. This is a prime time of your life to keep on serving Jesus. But I love this, and she's going to be taken back with this perhaps. But the other night in our community group, Caroline said something that was pretty crazy. It was really great, though. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, you're reading my sermon notes. And I don't know if it was all this statement, but I can tell you the last of it is absolutely. The vision of what I want to be in life is that older woman, one day of deep devotion. Yet I realize that it doesn't happen overnight. That's the key. Today's the day. This is the moment. This is the time. Not now. We're not going to get younger, but God's going to carry us to in those days of saying, how can I pour out through your life? How impact can I make much of myself through you personally, corporately, for my glory? But it's when we personally commit our hearts to Jesus. When we personally say, God, you are my trust. You are my strength. You are my refuge. I will stand in you. And God, I will persevere daily seeking your face. I pray for my kids. I pray for my grandkids. I pray for the ones. I'm praying for the ones that are not even born yet. Oh, God, give us that grace. But that we would continue to devote ourselves, continually service to the Lord because it doesn't happen just overnight. God wants to be at work today. And when we as a family live in such obedience to the word of the Lord, loving one another as a son to a father, as a, as a younger woman to the older woman, 
as to the as to uh, you know a, a, a brother to a brother, a sister to a sister. Man, as we love in such a deep way that we would not allow sin to be among us in a way that's going to harm the name of Jesus. But that through that, that we would absolutely say, oh God, oh God, help us to love the vulnerable among us. Lord, the world may forget about them. The world may cast them to the side, but we are your church. We are your people who are surrendered to you. So Lord, may we love like Jesus. See, Deuteronomy 27 and 19 says, Cursed is he who distorts the justice due an alien, orphan, and widow. But praise be to God, Deuteronomy 14 and 29 says, When the widow within your city gates comes, eats, and is satisfied, the Lord your God will bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. There's blessings. Man, that is, a, that is a promise from the Word of God that God is calling of us to live and to walk in. And so what do we need to do? What do we need to do as a church? God's calling us. He's calling us to do this. Like an old buddy used to say, if you got lipstick, rouge, pen, pencil, maybe write these down. Pray. Pray that God will shape your character. Pray that God will make impact a loving family who wants each other to prosper spiritually and enjoy the blessing of God. Oh, pray that that be our hearts. Pray for humility. Pray that God the enemy wouldn't bring a prideful spirit among us. But pray that we have such koinonia. Man, that's the fellowship that God gives. You know, accountability is a good thing. I'm grateful that God would bring the elders among us. So you know what? Pastor Brandon go, I'm not the higher. I'm not, you know, I'm a higher. No, no. I got a spirit that wants to yield. I got a spirit that has that heart. This says, man, make me accountable. And we should have that heart together. Pray that God will shape your character to be God like the godly widow. Man, would he but do that. Man, say, wow, that baby grows up, Gavin. Man, that, that, these kids grow up. Would they but see us fixing our hope on Jesus? Would they but see? And I praise God for that truth among us today. And I'm so grateful that you walk in such that way. But may we ever have that fire burning of our hearts, that we would persevere in prayer, that we would seek God's face, that we would absolutely have that, they would see the genuineness of our faith by the, by the, the perseverance of, yeah, prayer in the good day and the bad day, living in total dependence on God, and yet ever devoting ourselves. See, in the average, and in many a church, it just, it disturbs me, and we've seen this, and maybe it's chapped us and made us mad at them. Maybe we need to get over this. But we've seen so many people to go, well, I served my day in the nursery. Or I did this or that in my day. I'm done. No, let's keep serving. Wherever God puts in front of us, that He's saying, hey, that's where you need to be. That's the place. That's the people. That, that's, that's the moment. Do it. Immediate obedience. 
that we would follow His heart until we meet Him face to face, making disciples that make disciples, leaving a godly heritage. Leaving a heritage. Oh, I love the old, he might remember Steve, Steve Green. I remember Steve Green. That's an old guy, man. He's done tell you I'm how old I am. But he wrote this amazing song. May all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of their devotion light my way. May the footprints that they leave cause me to believe. And the lives we live inspire them to obey. Guys, I want to just know, I pray this passage rocks us to do that in such an amazing way that the cry of our heart is, is Lord, help me to never be a stumbling block but only a stepping stone for the generation to come that they may see and know Jesus. And praise be to God, as we've seen this past weeks at Asbury and so many places, God is awakening that. Saw this pastor's son stand up, and boy, that just caused, brought tears to my heart of the testimony of his heart and what God had done. And each of us, because I am that preacher's kid. But I love this. You know, there at Asbury, that normal chapel, three days a week they have, as I said a while ago, walking through the Book of Mormons, this guy Zach preaching there, preaches there often. He's a normal guy. See, God shows up in the normal. He don't show up in all the glitz and glamour. But as he preached, and as I said, he's preaching through Romans, he said, he reminded them of the amazing love of Jesus. That they could not love one another, but only by Christ. Without Christ, they could not do this. Without Christ, without the empowering of the Spirit, they, they couldn't even love right. And, and only if they would encounter God and taste and see the goodness of the Lord. See the love. Feel the love, be filled with the love and the power of the Holy Spirit. And use the verse, 1 John 4, 16. Come and know, believe the love that God has for us. And that faithful preacher calls those, called those kids to tarry, just to wait on God. And man, those 15 became 20. Those 20 became 200. Those 200 became 2,000. Days 2,000 became 20,000, and it went on and on and on because they just confronted the love of Jesus. Friend, when we fall in love with Jesus all over again, it's amazing what he'll do. And I pray that God will use this word today to sear in our hearts, and I pray that we will have, God will use us to cause the generations way beyond us, come on up, worship team, to sing of the praises of our gods. Father, we just love you so much. And Lord, we just give you thanks and praise for who you are. Father, we uh, just magnify and adore your name today. Lord, none of us loves like Jesus does. Lord, none of us are all there and got it all right. Thank you for the mighty work you're doing. Thank you for the way that you are at work. God, I just pray that today, I don't know what the commitment of hearts are, Lord. 
Maybe you're calling someone for the first time to the love of Jesus. To know your love, to know you as the lover of their soul in a relationship with you. I pray today that there would be repentance towards God and faith toward Jesus Christ. I pray today that they would see Jesus high and lifted up on Calvary's cross. Lord, as you look down to your mom and you look down to John and you told John, you said, take care of her, that precious widow that Mary was. Because you loved her, you love each of us so deeply and you're calling us to overflow with that love. God, may that be true in my heart, in my life. May it be true of each of us, Lord, as we commit our way to you in ways as your word has spoken to us today. And that God, as we would take care of our own families, we take care of those, own, those widows under us and right near us and around us, and we'd love them in the name of Jesus and care for their need best possible. But Lord, see that they keep on striving to seek and to serve you. And Lord, as they serve you before us, may we catch the fire to set our hope in you. May we catch the fire, Lord, to persevere as a people of prayer and to continue to serve you in such a way that brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus. We love you and we bless you today. Pray in the powerful name of Jesus. In this time of... Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church Sermon Podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.